You're listening to Extra Textual. This is a show where we talk about an idea, concept, theme, trend, and relate it to some kind of media like film, TV, video games, books, music, and hopefully discover something about ourselves or our culture along the way. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the show. This is Eli Steelinge, and with me is... Jeremy Holiday. And on this episode, we are talking about the film Annihilation. Yes. From Alex Garland. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is Alex Garland's follow-up um, to directing from Ex Machina, mm-hmm. uh, though he's written um, films for quite a while, and including um, 28 Days Later. Uh, he wrote the book um, The Beach, Mm-hmm. That was turned into a film. Um, he wrote the the film Sunshine and uh, Never Let Me Go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that one, but it's pretty no. good. It's pretty good. Uh, so this is his second directing gig and writing um, for the film, though it's based on a book, which Jeremy may touch on in a little bit. Yeah. That he's got right here. So it's one of those rare films that is both a strong experience and an intellectual exercise mm-hmm. at the same time. Uh, it has this dreamlike quality that makes you want to just kind of flow with it, but certainly it also calls for some interpretation as it presents uh, some puzzle pieces to make sense of. It jumps in time um, and memory at different points that the viewer has to reconstruct to understand the characters. I, I like this for the most part. It's why I mentioned Terrence Malick films a lot. Yeah, They have uh, this tension between like visceral experiences of things and sort of philosophical engagement. Uh, There are signs and symbols in the film which mingle with the narrative flow of the films. So you might kind of just watch them and uh, experience them on the one hand, but there are other things going on if you want to kind of go a little bit deeper. Um, So you can experience them um, and go on a journey with the characters, but the film can ask more of you as well if you want to go there. Uh, So not only Terrence Malick, but I like to mention the film Upstream Color, um, yep, yeah, yeah. which also kind of has this same technique, I think. Um, so it kind of has like a dream logic, or what I like to call like a memory logic, mm-hmm. uh, which I like a lot. And that kind of guides the structure and experience of the film. So we talked about The Shape of Water on, yeah. one, on our last episode, and that sort of like diminished for me in my reflection of it. And I think Annihilation has only sort of like grown in my appreciation of it as I mm-hmm. thought through it. It's been a couple of weeks since we've yeah. we've seen it now. Um, almost like sort of like a cancerous mutation in my brain oh, forming. Did you the... did you write that ahead of time? Yeah, yeah. I should appreciate that. But it did sort of like stick with me longer, I think Annihilation did. And I think that's the same way with Tarkovsky's films. Um, yeah. Stalker and Solaris, and we can talk a little bit more about similarities to Stalker. Um, but they, they're just their sort of mood and tone sort of stick with me. Um, I know we talked about uh, right afterwards that, like, at least for me, that sort of, like, droning sort of music noise mm-hmm. at the ending that we see when she sort of encounters whatever they've been drawn towards um, just sort of, like, stayed in my head for a little while afterwards. Um, so... With all of that, what was sort of your experience of that? It's a long list of things, Eli. That's a long list of things. Did you kind of have that same, like, 
experience this kind of unique place and time along with trying to like battle through what was happening piece it together or did you kind of lean towards one side or the other if that makes sense yeah I mean I mean so just a bit about the structure of the film I mean yeah so it starts off with this sort of uh, and we start off we they eventually go to the place called Area X, and mm-hmm. in, in the movie, it's referred to. There's a lot of talk of the Shimmer, the which shimmer is like is the, the like the nickname for it. Yeah, yeah, it's like the the border between the, the regular world and whatever this is. Um, and the book, which I am uh, confession, eighty three pages <laughs> into it's uh, hundred and ninety five pages in um, in the version I have, yeah. um, written by Jeff Vandermeer, who I don't know, but uh, is a fine writer. <laughs> um, uh, so the movie starts like. We meet our characters. There's a whole lot of lead-up, a lot of proper preparation. They prepare to go into the unknown. They Mm -hmm. go into the unknown. They conquer the unknown. They come back. Yeah. Um, I mean, there also is the structure that, like, I think we start with Natalie Portman's character being interviewed um, by the, or questioned, debriefed Mm -hmm. by the people in the book they're referred to as the superiors. Yeah. um, About her time in Area X, because she's the, the sole survivor. Right. And there is a, I mean, there's spoilers all over the place, so if you haven't watched the film, do it. Yeah, we're uh, going to spoil it up. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is, uh, there's this twist in the film, mm-hmm. which is essentially, what well, not essentially, is that uh, the, the Natalie Portman we see in the opening scene is, is actually not her. She is a, some manner of copy. Right. We don't necessarily know the nature of it. some mutation of who she was or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, she's not her mm-hmm. um, and we know that she exhibits qualities similar to her husband right um, who we believe is a, a copy or mm-hmm. at least he's one also. of two versions of himself that yes. exist and we assume he's not the original one but we don't know for sure um, uh, and so there is this like I, I as as much as I appreciate your love of the dreamlike quality of it mm-hmm. um, because we start for me because we start with this sort of um, interrogation mm-hmm. style mm-hmm. it kind of cuts my my dreamlike experience mm-hmm. out of it yeah because I'm like I'm always she's I, what we're viewing is essentially her telling a story mm-hmm. so it's already her memory yeah which I'm, I'm okay with right you know what I mean yeah. I mean I guess the the dreamlike quality does for me mainly take place when they're in the show. Yeah, that, those portions of the film is what yeah. I'm referring to. Yeah, um, and and I like it. I mean, I think they um, certainly did a good job making everything be a little exotic. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. cra- it's not crazy. I mean, this yeah. is not um, the French film with the cities and the bad acting we saw recently. Oh, Valerian. Yeah, yeah. It's not... It's not, not lots of special effects. Yeah, it's not, it. not Valerian. There is, like, this... Always this sort of weird glow... Yeah. ...to... in sort of, like, around the edges of the screen. Sort yeah. of this haze. Um, a shimmer is a good word for it. Not even, like, the outside. But yeah. There seems to be this sort of shimmery light... Yeah. ...emanating. And I... Um, so, it, there were, there's a few shots... Um, <laughs> In the film where we view individuals through glasses of water. Right. Um, Seems symbolic, yeah. Yeah, and I assume that plus the shimmer is telling us about something. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't ever know what that something is. Yeah. Um, And there's a... a, 
So there's a lot that, that goes on in film. I, I, <laughs> True. Um, what I find most interesting, though, for me, uh, uh, you know, um, what I what I like most about it is like what I imagine uh, Area X represents. Um, and there's a line in the beginning when the psychologist uh, and uh, Natalie Portman's character, the biologist, mm-hmm. are looking out at the shimmer. Mm-hmm. And the psychologist says, you know, it's, it, they look at the map, they notice that it's been expanding every year, and eventually it's going to destroy the entire planet. Right. Um, which, for me, gives it meaning. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it, it then is something. You know, yeah. it, it is, and, you know, the, the film is called Annihilation. Um, I, I, I try <laughs> to find something in there that is Annihilation, and I would, you know, like, yeah. in, in some sense, in my reading of it, it's... Uh, Area X or whatever mm. this thing is because mm. it's eventually going to expand and destroy take the, over everything. yeah you know and so since you know when and and I, I like characters and things like that in films because whether mm-hmm. it's you know uh, the Grim Reaper or the assassin who's going to get you or yeah. you know they are essentially the the cosmic or the embodiment of the cosmic power of entropy like <laughs> everything will be destroyed it is the nature of all things that they are impermanent yeah um, and so there's this and so what's cool about it though. Um, is that they go into it, mm-hmm. right? They go into and explore what annihilation looks like from the inside. Yeah, right. And and there's many different paths there. Mm-hmm. You know, there's um, the woman who becomes three person, which right. is like fundamentally changing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, ask the question like all good sci-fi. Like, at what point is, is she no longer there? Yeah, because she's there. Right, she's just different. She's yeah. Like and she's and, still and, like, there, yeah. and what is the tolerance on difference? Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, you know and there's interesting pair you know so she turns into that. She, um, someone is almost killed by a gigantic alligator yeah. crocodile yeah. thing at the beginning. Very scary right. and very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and very certainly very experiential. And somebody is killed by a yeah bear mutated bear yeah or gigantic yeah. mutated bear that. Is scary because yeah. yeah, and because it can mimic human speech. Mm-hmm. Um, I assume that's in the book. I haven't got to that yet. Mm. What I remember from I mean, good, like yeah. the immediate like uh, movie parallel is to um, the Hunger Games because they make mm. those they're those mutant oh, things yeah, yeah. that can mimic their friends, mm-hmm. and and that's actually I think scarier in the book than it ends up being in the movie. Yeah, it's hard. To the portray. way they describe how mm-hmm. how uncertain they are about what they're actually facing, what's right. actually coming down the tunnel. What is it? Yeah, um, you know, and so you have you have like good old fashioned death mm-hmm. in terms of what's going on in the land of annihilation. Yeah, you have people that you know you have someone that turns into a tree fundamentally, mm-hmm. and she doesn't seem to the way it's portrayed. Mm-hmm. Um, She's happy to do that. Yeah. She does not seem to regret doing that in any way. Yeah. And you have other, you have this, uh, another part that I really liked about it, when they encounter that that soldier who turned into a tree mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Yeah. Again, a, another kind of changing in which there's, you know, they're still human, but it's also Is this the guy different. in the video you're talking about? Yeah, well, the guy in the video, I assume the guy in the video becomes the guy who's in the bottom of that pool who grows into yeah. that tree-like shape. Okay, gotcha. Um, and so he, uh, I mean, in the parallel I draw with that, and I don't know if the reference is there or not in the mind of uh, Mr. Garland, but mm-hmm. is to um, Orson Scott Card's classic uh, Speaker for the Dead, in which mm. there is a, a character who is, uh, it's, the story is essentially like... Uh, um, like a murder mystery yeah. um, in which an anthropologist is killed by these 
um, Aborigines mm-hmm. uh, in a, in, on this foreign planet, yeah. and his body is cut open and staked out, and a tree's planted in the middle of it. Mm. It turns out that due to a complex interaction of a virus and their bodies, his the his essence is actually able to be transferred uh, through this virus into the tree. Mm. Um, and the people were not; they didn't try to kill him. Right. They, it was like they're bestowing upon him this great honor by allowing him to transform into a tree that can essentially mm-hmm. talk. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so you have, you know, this, this at least visual reference um, or visual parallel in Annihilation to a character who essentially is gutted and turned <laughs> into a tree. Right. Uh, not done by someone, done by this place. Mm-hmm. And again, you have another kind of Annihilation to consider. Right. He's dead. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or is he just changed into yeah. something else? Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, maybe we can break down the inside of the shimmer or uh, Area X a little bit. Um, I mean, for me, I think the interpretation of Annihilation, if we kind of talk about that, is a little more, like, personal. Yeah. And how it affects the characters in the film. So we eventually find out that they all have some sort of issue they're dealing with in their life that's sort of, like, um, holding them back or uh, interrupting their life from living this sort of happy life, which is one of the reasons they just, they all are willing to go to this place that most likely they will not return from. Um, so I sort of viewed it as like a personal annihilation that they are sort of bent on self-destruction mm-hmm. in some way, or they at least not like um, knowingly or willingly, but they are sort of allowing themselves to move yeah. that way because of what they do. Uh, So we see the main character, Natalie Portman, who uh, eventually, she seems to miss her husband quite a bit, um, but eventually find that she's sort of torn by this supposed affair, um, and maybe she's not completely, like, their marriage wasn't completely happy or whatever that we see. It wasn't wasn't perfect um, as the first flashbacks that we get. And so she is... Um, searching for something else that she she doesn't feel like is right inside of her or something. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, we eventually find, has cancer. And so she has this sort of fatalistic attitude um, that she's going to just kind of let herself go. And um, I don't remember Tessa Thompson's uh, character, who becomes a tree, but which is a little more happier. But I guess what I'm kind of getting at is I think the film does a good job of portraying both like how you can experience something beautiful and horrific in the same sense. Yeah. Like you can be drawn to something. Awesome and, in the awe sense. Awe sense and also be sort of fearful of it. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I think we also don't really understand this shimmer seems to have some sort of consciousness or like intent of some kind possibly, but it doesn't seem necessarily good or bad. It's not necessarily like, evil intent like it's just trying to take over it just sort of is and it's yeah or it's um perhaps it's studying or learning about human earth or humans um by doing these sort of experiments or changing things um and maybe it's a better thing uh and i think by the end it seems and i'm not sure maybe the ending is not played exactly how they meant it to because I think it's almost like a horror ending. I mean, like the very last moment when we see like the eye yeah. thing, which I don't exactly love. But I think if we don't quite view it as like the horror twist, 
of like what are they gonna do now like what's gonna happen to everyone like if we just view it as like they are changed they are something else um and maybe they're happy in who they are yeah um then it is not such a such a horrific thing in there but um yeah i i kind of viewed the annihilation as more of like a a self-destruction in the individuals um and maybe it was spurred on by going into the shimmer um it was sort of amplified or enhanced um to that end yeah i mean oh i hear that um and i think um i don't know i mean like i haven't read all the way in the book yeah the the book seems to be more like the i mean the characters in the book they don't have names they're just Mm -hmm. um there's a biologist psychologist surveyor anthropologist um, and I mean, they also talk about how in the six months in training and preparation to go into mm-hmm. Area X, they have dispensed with names. And there's and mm-hmm. so you learn a lot more about like the training to go into it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's almost I mean halfway you know almost halfway through with it. Yeah. Um, I'm like, is there even is there even an Area X? <laughs> like what you know what yeah. exactly? Because it's so um, mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we and there's so many different layers of things we can't trust. Yeah. Um, uh, taking it as as, as real, uh, I mean, the, the two sort of sci-fi parallels that I uh, I think about are the first of which um, has to do with like the idea of like refracting DNA and changing it. Yeah. And it reminds me of um, Robert Heinlein's classic sci-fi, uh, Starship Troopers. I think it's mm. Robert Heinlein, which has interesting ideas about uh, citizenship, but okay. also um, and also has interesting ideas about a lot of things including yeah. cool power armor <laughs> but there's a bit at the end uh, which in which he sort of makes his point most clearly mm-hmm. um, our heroes go to a planet in which there's like it's, it's essentially all grass yeah and it's this way because the the sun where it is is I think it's like um, it's like very white yeah so there's very little radiation mm-hmm. unlike the bright yellow sun we have right. or maybe it's, I mean, it's kind of whitish blue yeah um and without that um that mutating influence of solar radiation mm-hmm. it's just grass like mm. there wasn't enough and for him there's like massive struggle and struggle against that is how greatness happens i mean mm. that's the struggle of our heroes yeah. that's the struggle of humanity against um uh and evil, okay. um, and it's also you know this the the, the grand biological story of life. Mm-hmm. Like, were we not faced on a cellular level yeah. with threats to our survival, mm-hmm. we would not have to branch out sideways and come up with better ways to survive. Yeah, we would essentially be content, boring grass. Hmm. And he and like that's really bad for him. <laughs> right, right. Like that's, that's not like what the, the thing, universe. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. at least that's how I read his book. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe he's he's just not very positive about that grass, <laughs> right. right? And so you know, and so then we have in Area X this the way in which whatever this is refracts things mm-hmm. and causes uh, rapid evolution, mm-hmm. rapid change. Right. Um, you know, some of it like I mean, really rapid, like mm-hmm. a person becoming a tree. Right. Um, but there's the sense in it that uh, it's not it's not presented in the film. Yeah. Even as bad. Mm-hmm. It's just there, right? Um, and I also think, I mean, I to your point about whatever is causing Area X to be have intent. Um, mm-hmm. It's like I when when something has a when there's 
some sort of evil being or evil mm-hmm. force yeah. that has some sort of clear purpose, mm-hmm. it it's not scary. Right. I'm yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. it's going to kill me. I'm like, it may or may not. Right. Yeah. Um, but when you have something that's slowly not destroying visiting. everything in the universe, mm-hmm. and and because people, many people ask, like, find out what it wants. Yeah. Right. We have no idea what it wants. That's right. terrifying mm-hmm. because that is the human experience. Right. We are born, we live, and we die. <laughs> we have no idea why. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we certainly don't know why we die at the end or at any point or why yeah, life yeah. is survived or any of those things. And that, I think, is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Um, and this story has an interesting way of sort of bringing it out. Yeah. The second thing, um, which is, uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know if Mr. Mr. Garland had any conscious reference to this, but uh, the sci-fi series The Expanse, which I love a great deal. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the heart of this grand space neo-noir is the, the, the arrival of this stuff called the proto-molecule. Mm-hmm. It's like this blue crystalline structure. Yeah. Um, it does not appear itself after further uh, deep analysis to have any consciousness mm. or any intent or anything like that. Yeah. But it can be used to do a whole lot of things. Mm. Like uh, people, there's a, a character who gets sort of infested with it and she like turns into a gigantic planet. So, I, mean, she, <laughs> she, I mean, she essentially like is moving a planet, has mm. has the power to oh, move nice. things. Okay. And she's confused and she doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, some people, some evil government people take it and uh, turn young children into sort of like super soldiers, mm-hmm. super soldier monsters okay. or something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, and there, and so, and there's this proliferation between these three powers, Earth, mm-hmm. Mars, and that the, the belt, yeah. um, to to gain power over this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's clear um, that it it itself has no, at least, I mean, there's a second season, so I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. But its purpose in the first season um, is merely like an amplification of power to 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 show people to show what their true natures are. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when Frodo offers the ring to people. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting in that it. And it seems to be similar to what 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 happened in Area X, and like mm-hmm. does not appear to have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn about people from what they do in that place, yeah, um, and how they interact with it. And it right. doesn't seem, you know, it's not easily identifiable, like mm-hmm. the horrible aliens in Independence Day of like right. they just consume. This, right, just like it's not even this doesn't even consume. <laughs> like we don't. And like, again, the, the movie ends. We don't know if it's bad. Right. And 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 what I think is also cool is we don't know that the. Um, copy of Natalie Portman, or the like. Natalie Portman at the end is any better or worse than Natalie Portman at the beginning? Yeah. That, that's not clear. Know. Yeah, and and I think like lots of other movies mm-hmm. would have made that really clear. Yeah. Now I do like my grumpiness about Mr. Garland um, starts with Ex Machina because like like ninety five percent of that film I was like really into mm-hmm. uh, because the way it dealt with gender and science and yeah. androids and all kinds of other mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I just hated the ending. And I think he wanted me to hate the ending. I think he wanted me to like be all like grumpy about it. Yeah. But it's like she's evil at the end. And and I don't and like and there's like I have no the the only thing I can think about mm-hmm. which we I think when we talked about it was like she is being like him. Yeah. And so that's why she's evil. Mm-hmm. But like there's no real like it. I know it makes for a real dramatic twist. You know, right. like, oh man, they totally mm-hmm. got me. Yeah. Um, but it seems so out of character in that, like, it serves no practical function. Yeah. It does not seem to allow her to get to her goal more easily. It does not seem to be, it just seems to be mm-hmm. cruel for purposes of twisting your audience. 
that's my take on that. So <laughs> when we have the twist mm-hmm. um, or the presentation of the twist in Annihilation, I don't care really. Yeah. Um, you know, and in some sense, like, my, I mean, probably I think my favorite twist of all time is probably in Arrival. Mm. Um, when yeah. we, we learn that we're seeing flash forwards as opposed to flashbacks, right. which is like, never saw that before. That's right. totally mind-blowing. And maybe Mr. Garland is kind of going for that, you know, mm-hmm. and then like that formula was successful. But I just don't care because it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't have, not even part of the story. Like, yeah. she could be a flying monkey for all I right. care. What's interesting is uh, uh, essentially the, the story that she's telling us about Area X. Right. Um, I mean, I... I already said I don't love that very last moment. Yeah. I don't think I have anything problem with what it is trying to say. Yeah. Or, like, that she is different. I just think it could have been handled without, like, treating it like it's a twist. Yeah. Um, they could have just subtly announced that earlier yeah. or something like that and in leading into that moment and knowing they're both changed. Um, but I did want to sort of, like, comment and sort of support what you're talking about a little bit. Uh, and for me, I recently... We watched Stalker. Yeah. Um, and I think we may have the chance to go see Solaris in 4K or something. Yeah, yeah. And, at the, and uh, Solaris, yeah. University of Wisconsin Cinematheque, which yeah. I used to go to all the time, but Local haven't been back here. in years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's based on the Cinematheque front size. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so, but we may talk more in depth about that yeah. after we see it and Stalker. But some parallels, which I think you can't help but make to right. this film, um, just like structurally... Uh, we get opening with like a husband and wife mm-hmm. um, and their sort of uh, relationship and how it's um, uh, sort of managed up to that point. And then he, this this character that's called the stalker, and we also get only characters referred to by sort of their function, yeah. their function the writer, um, the scientist, I think. And then the stalker is uh, the one that like, the guide sort of yeah. um, through this area X type place. Um, zone. The zone, yes, uh, is very similar. And and they we see them sort of like experience this as like a different world, almost like an alternate reality yeah. to how they, and they sort of struggle with what they're approaching there. And that film's much more subtle. Um, we don't have giant alligators or killer mm. bears and things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just sort of have to ha- go off mood and how they react to to things, yeah. um, but I think we can sort of learn something from both of those similar journeys that mm-hmm. they're making. And I and I like this idea of like it's inside the world that we know, right. but it's like different um, in a big sense. And I think that could signify. I've heard some people say uh, stalker is sort of like that could be like experiencing sort of like the afterlife, but within like now or it's kind of like a microcosm of what we experience in that sense and uh that film has a stronger feel for like what you bring into that place into the zone sort of like comes out more Mm and and um how you treat it the stalker is always really sensitive about um you know he chose these people very carefully who he brings in and they have to have the right sort of um attitude going into it they can't be too full of themselves or too um committed to the world you know this sort of worldly Mm. view and things like that um and i think we kind of get the same feel in annihilation that what you are bringing into the place kind of grows out of you or um 
get sort of manifest uh, in different places. And we get uh, Tessa Thompson again, who I believe they said she would like cut herself. Yeah. Um, and then in that same place, we see like in her arms, like these plants growing out to almost sort of like redemptive sense of, you know, what she used to do is painful um, and hurtful to herself and now is sort of growing into something more beautiful. Uh, even though she sort of dies, essentially, yeah. um, to be able to do that. But I think um, also made me think Tarkovsky was sort of religious in his understanding oh, yeah. of I things. Oh, yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any <laughs> doubts that, you know, like that a lot of what happens in Stalker is like a modern interpretation on a lot of classic, you know, Russian mm-hmm. Orthodox religious principles. Right. Um, um, and the way I kind of came to Annihilation is sort of from that background is like annihilationism um, in religion talking about people if you think of sort of like a heaven and hell the people that are sort of don't get into heaven um, instead of just like existing eternally in this um, you know hellfire or whatever um, but some people believe that they will eventually just sort of no longer exist into nothingness Um, and so I think uh, and also somebody like C.S. Lewis, who I admire, kind of um, had this sense of Christianity, too, that people would not so much um, sort of be tormented by this external thing yeah. in sort of hell place, but they would be tormented by their own sort of selfishness. Yeah. And eventually they would just sort of give, give over to that completely and um, and sort of like destroy themselves sort of basically yeah. and i kind of get that sense in annihilation too especially maybe with jennifer jason lee yeah. at the end where she just sort of like throws herself open and turns into this light or gives herself over to whatever this um shimmer is uh and the other characters too sort of like abandon themselves to their sort of worst tendencies yeah. um and natalie portman's character seems to sort of like drive through that somehow um yeah and I've also heard at the end, so and I'm curious what you make of it, the sort of clone we do see Natalie Portman interact with, um, this uh-huh. sort of black being that sort of represents her. And it is a good representation of something that sort of like had me on edge watching it. Yeah. Because you don't know what it wants. Or what it is. Or what it is. And so it doesn't seem to really be like hurting her or wanting to but we do get the moment where she sort of tries to run away and it's sort of mimicking her movements and like sort of pushes her like against the wall but we don't get a sense that it's trying to like smother her or something it's just sort of like i'm doing what you're doing um but it's unintentionally sort of hurting her so Uh i think just as far as the strict narrative i've heard people talk about um representation of like depression um, that you sort of can't help hurt yourself sometimes or you can't sort of get out of that feeling of sort of being like pressed down. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people found sort of a good uh, visual representation of that feeling in that moment where you're sort of doing this dance. It was almost like a dance with yourself. Um, and sometimes you're, you're sort of fearful of what you see in yourself and things like that, mm. um, which I thought was a unique take. Uh 
but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed those, those moments in the end. I think I mentioned this to you after we saw it, but I w- in leading up, I enjoyed the journey in the Shimmer. But there was like, it's much more of a mix, especially compared to something like Stalker, which is very slow, yeah. um, prodding sort of on purpose. But this has, you know, Natalie Portman firing a machine gun um, into an alligator. Drops to one like Yeah. And we get these traditional horror moments with the bear and yeah. cutting somebody open. And, uh, and then, um, but we do get these more. And so I was just thinking, like, I want something weirder to happen. Like, not, like, see people turning into biological things, but I want something, like, strange and unknowing to sort of happen. And we get that when she goes into the lighthouse and goes down into this hole, too. Um, so sort of like what people are kind of a 2001 moment, um, which I thought was cool. I had never seen anything like that sort of effect where when she gets cloned, I don't know if you're talking about that like weird yeah. fluid type thing. Yeah. Um, which I always appreciate when people can visualize things that I've never seen before. Yeah. I mean, I, I, like I've never thought of visualizing uh, them that way before. Yeah. There's a lot of um, really interesting visual stuff at mm-hmm. the end. I mean, I like yeah. the, I like the whole, I like the the way the whole looks. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean the the friend who bought me the uh, Annihilation. Described it as like weird, like new weird sci-fi. Yeah, you know, like as if it were a genre, which I think it kind <laughs> of is. Um, and it, it, I mean, the reading the book, um, I mean, it's weird, and it's weird from the very beginning. Mm. And you're like, you're constantly confronted with weird, mm-hmm. like strange. Yeah, and, and our characters are, you know, are sent to this place, mm-hmm. which is very strange. Yeah, to figure stuff out. Right. Um, you know, and there's also interpersonal stuff that's strange in the book, but, mm-hmm. you know, like, they spend a lot of time exploring. In, in the book, the, the lighthouse and, like, the tower, the thing that's below the lighthouse are two separate things. Yeah. And they start off, um, the thing below ground is referred to as a tower, and whether it's a tower or a tunnel is very important in the story, and I don't, mm. I haven't figured out why that is yet. Or <laughs> yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, no, I haven't been told why it is yet. Mm-hmm. One of our characters insists it's a tower, another one insists it's a tunnel hmm. um it's clear that it's some sort of living organism anyway yeah and there's also there's in this tower there's like writing in it okay um that's written by it's like written in this weird algae hmm. stuff yeah. um but um what i meant to say um was i i like the i i do like at the end how it's visualized mm-hmm. um and i i like the you know the strangeness of discovering two of her husband, yeah, and then just and then one kills himself mm-hmm. um, for reasons we don't entirely know. Yeah, but it's weird, right? And I'm totally fine with that. Yeah, like, and I found it quite enjoyable. And mm-hmm. and I found like you know because we, we get to we hear sort of you know, um, him say like oh you know like go and see her you know yeah. essentially we see that we encounter that essentially twice mm-hmm. which is cool yeah um, and, and, I, and I do like uh, when she's cloned with the sort of fluid being I think it looks very cool yeah I don't know what it means and I don't I don't ent- I don't know can't say that either yeah what's happening mm-hmm. maybe and I don't know if that thing is the same thing as Natalie Portman or different right and it's cool. I mean, I don't have to know. Like, yeah. I'm, I mean, I, like, I'm not, I don't think it's a, it, a weak point. It seems like a new development in the Shimmer, yeah. although it's like a clone. 
But we see a clone of her husband. Yeah. And possibly other, but it seems like something different than that. But right. I, I, I don't have it all. And that's out why, like, I that. wondered, like, because the thing that was curious to me is so the psychologist gets cloned by the fluid thing, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Where does that thing go? Yeah. And then, because then the thing happens to Natalie Portman and it's different, mm-hmm. and she blows that thing up in the sh- and, like, the lighthouse falls apart. Right. So. That was confusing. Yeah. Um, again, it doesn't have to be, you know, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. it doesn't have to make uh, make clear sense for me. Um, uh, but I like, again, like I remember when we, we were first thinking about what, what we we're going to name this podcast. Yeah. You know, and my, I, I was opting for Cut the Last Ten. Yeah. Um, I could have done with like the uh, lighthouse falling and the crystals crashing. <laughs> Call it done. Yeah. I mean, I know, and you that's one of the things, that's one of the things that I love about, I mean, again, like with Arrival, mm-hmm. love it, love it, yeah. should have done when the ship disappeared. Yeah. You know, like they disappear into nothingness, it's white, we have some unnerving music, mm-hmm. roll the credits. Another um, title we thought about using for this podcast was The Unreliable Narrator. Yeah. Which I also think we have to consider yeah. when we start with interviewing her. Yeah. Um, what... Is this the same person that went into it? Um, they originally talked. Is she reliable in telling us what happened to everybody? Um, we don't really know. I think and that that's, that's something that I think is, is made like much clearer in the book. Like, mm. uh, I mean, read the book; it's cool. Yeah, I haven't read all of it yet. But, um, <laughs> the psychologist. I mean, from the get go, we learn, or shortly after, yeah, uh, we learn that she's like controlling the, the other members of the team by hypnotic suggestion, mm. and our story sort of comes alive when. The biologist, Natalie Portman's character, comes into contact with some spores, which makes her immune or mm-hmm. impervious to the hypnotic suggestion. So then we have two parallel experiences of this world, hmm. um, and like, and she doesn't even trust her own mind. Yeah. Um, and we're, uh, the, I mean, the book we're reading mm-hmm. in the structure of the story is like her journal, the journal yeah. that she's been required to keep mm-hmm. um, as part of being a part of this mission. Yeah. Um, but like, there's all kind. I mean, like, there there are many narrators in the story, and none of them are reliable, and, yeah. including the most reliable one who we have. And she's like, I don't even know if I, I can understand what I'm seeing. Right. Um, which is, you know, an, an interesting kind of thing and something I think you can kind of only do in a book. I mean, mm-hmm. how do you, you know, when our, because if not a suggestion, people are experiencing the same physical fact differently. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you do that really yeah. um, in, a, in a movie right. that, yeah. that, that captures the same sort of uncertainty. Like, I don't even know, like, the, the words <laughs> I'm reading, are they even right? Right. Um, and that in and of itself has its own kind of fun experience. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't because you're seeing something, yeah, and there's definitely a story, mm-hmm. but you don't entirely know exactly what's going on. Yeah, um, there's a few details I want to run by you, and I like what you've said in the past about like there's something I I sort of pick up on, and I don't know why, but it feels like it's there for a reason. So a few of those when uh, well, first like the the flashbacks, yeah. They start happening when they first enter, mm-hmm. and I have a theory, which I don't know completely holds up, but I'll run this by you. So they enter the shimmer, and then it jumps straight to they wake up. Yeah. She seems to be dreaming or flat or having a memory of when she's with her husband before mm-hmm. he goes on this mission. Yeah. Um, and then she wakes up, and I think they said they missed like six days or yeah, something. Four six days. Um, that they, they have no memory of that time period. Yeah. And they've set up camp, and they've done all these things. So my big theory is that they are possibly become not themselves the instant they enter the Shimmer. Hmm. 
so that they've sort of lost that time and become other people. Um, and they're sort of coming to terms with that as they journey through. So that's yeah, one theory. Yeah, like experiencing these memories kind of for the first time or something like that. Right, right. So, And I have to feel like these memories are have not just for the audience for us to see back on their relationship but that they seem because of that moment to be triggered i think another one happens when they go to sleep one night Mm -hmm. um that we see another sort of memory that she has um that comes back so they, they seem like intentional um caused by something uh within this world uh to be do it so i don't know if it's like they are new beings and these are sort of trace memories that they're experiencing. And it's trying to show like they're trying to make sense of it themselves. Some of the theory kind of breaks down because we see sort of like the doubling happening towards the end. Yeah. Um, when they reach the lighthouse, possibly. And I don't, and that kind of like makes it harder for me to understand this other copy of her that she's interacting with. Yeah. Um, at the end then it would be a third yeah so often i find with this film i'm sort of like oh i think i have an idea about that and then they're like but there's this other thing that makes me think that doesn't work and and parts of it and things like that so uh but i don't know what you thought of like the the memory flashbacks if i mean I, i don't know that i thought of all that in the moment um watching the film but do you think there's more to that than just simply giving us background on these characters or uh, well it's interesting I mean uh, I mean it's certainly a fine fine theory yeah uh, um, I just uh, I mean do you know if like Mr. Garland intends to make more of these there's a trilogy I haven't heard that he has yeah um, it didn't sound like he had read the other books when this was made yeah um, but I can't say for sure yeah so um, I don't uh, I mean uh, I'm a big fan of like pulling the rug out from under your viewing audience mm-hmm. if 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 it's well done. If it's motivated, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think there's sufficient mystery about Area X mm-hmm. and how they get there. Yeah. That I mean, it could be. I mean, it could be anything that happened during that time period. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And one thing that they that gets emphasized in the movie, which is not yet part of the book mm-hmm. is like the time and it's like the things that are it's wonky stuff. there right because um, in the book it's like we don't even know where it is I mean, mm-hmm. we, I mean we do yeah Um. we're just we don't know how they get there mm-hmm. we're just told that the barrier is uh, invisible to the naked eye yeah uh, one character has a like a vision of like a, a square door of light receding mm-hmm. that's the only description we get of like you know <laughs> and again you Going know in, yeah. yeah and in and, and the book there's the, the psychologist is using hypnotic suggestion to mm-hmm. have them do things and that's why they don't remember stuff mm-hmm. um, it's they're, the tra- the training that they're told mm-hmm. um, they're told that like the the psychologist will use various methods to calm them in yeah. situations uh-huh. um, and so far they've discovered that I mean she like like tells them stuff is different than it is mm-hmm. and they experience it that way so um, uh, but I feel like it would be it would be hard for if there's a standalone film mm-hmm. to not um, to not get confirmation about whether or not they became not themselves when they entered the shimmer yeah, but I mean, true. I mean, I, th- I think I mean we're supposed to. I think, I think it's one of those things um, that as you watch it, you're like, oh, that important? Oh, not important. Our characters aren't paying attention to it, right? But we can't rely on them. Yeah, 
Right. And so, I mean, it makes it it makes it interesting mm-hmm. to think about like when is Natalie Portman different? How is she different? Yeah. Um, and 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 this they do one thing which I, you you can only do in film, mm-hmm. which is like in between cuts you have no idea what happens. Right. You know, and, and magic like, of film. Yeah, they yeah. go to bed. They come wake up. No idea what happens. Right. And like and, and, and it's like you know you know like um, yeah. right. Um, you know, and so and and in the end, like when Natalie Portman, I don't remember her name, fights the mm-hmm. or has a conflict with the copy of her, the mm-hmm. sort of black being. Yeah, there's a point where we cut. Mm-hmm. Some and she, she comes back. We have yeah. no idea what happens. Right, uh, anything could happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's fun. Yeah, um, I you know I, you, you can even play with that more. You know, yeah. I think I would like to have um, gone back and seen what happened or thought about what happened yeah. those first six days. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested to rewatch this because I've heard other people point to um, the intentionality, like, in the first moment where Natalie Portman is sitting down at the kitchen table with her husband after yeah. he returns, yeah. and he's acting very strange and not yeah. saying much, and um, they've pointed to, I think you were bringing this up too, like, the use of water... Um, and the glass of water and stuff. And we actually get, like, a shot of, I think, Natalie Portman through the glass of water, yeah. like, looking. And then the moment she sort of, like, touches him, and I think he's holding the glass, she sort of, like, backs up. So some people have said, like, something passes to her from him in that mm. moment and supposed to be represented. Like, that's when it begins. Um, and we do have these other weird little details, like... Uh, I believe the first woman that dies, um, I can't remember her exact uh, occupation, but um, she, Natalie Portman goes and finds her in the woods dead, and that woman had a tattoo like on her wrist or arm, and then we see that like Natalie Portman has the tattoo later on her. So there's like some sort mm-hmm. of passing between people of these sort of biological things that they're changing and um, combining with each other too. Um, that's happening, so I'd be interested to kind of pay more attention to some of those yeah, details. I next didn't time. notice that about the Did you see that when you watched it? I did see that she looked at her arm and and saw that she had a tattoo, which I did. I wasn't quite catching all the meaning um, huh. of like other per- people had that or anything. Um, so yeah, I, I think there's these other details thrown in there um, for closer observation. Uh, but yeah, I, I overall I really enjoy. I think one of the most enjoyable films I've seen in quite a while, and I would also compare it to the experience of Arrival as smart sci-fi. I don't know that yeah. necessarily the stories themselves exactly um, pattern yeah, after each I other, mean, but there's there's just I mean it's hard for me it's hard for me to put it in the same category as Arrival mm-hmm. um, again like this is Arrival minus the nonsense in the party right this is just yeah. the, the, the true part of the story which I really like yeah um, it's uh, I mean it's both really interesting on all levels with language mm-hmm. um, and it has it has a, a novel twist yeah really remarkable mm-hmm. novel twist um, you know Annihilation looks like a interesting sci-fi story uh-huh. Made into a weird indie horror film, <laughs> um, you know, which is just me complaining. But I, I like I, um, there's very little. I don't know. Like I feel like I pretty much in Arrival, I know what everything means. Yeah, 
and and I understand that you know I mean you have your like David Lynch thing where you're <laughs> like whatever like it's an experience yeah um, which I'm for uh, I just I some of the things in Annihilation I don't know that they have. I'm like, oh, it's cool, mm-hmm. and, and and it may tell me something about the story, yeah. like what happens to a person at a place, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it means. Yeah, like I don't know why I care about it. Yeah, and that for me is important. Mm-hmm. Um, like Arrival has interesting, I you know, uh, things about how difference is handled and stuff yeah. about time, which is wonky, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it's also just, um, I mean, one of those books like Contact where. Mm-hmm. It's it's actual honest speculation about yeah. what might happen if yeah. aliens show up, yeah. right? And the aliens are very different mm-hmm. in a, in a way that it's almost like a it's like a um, it's I don't know like an entrance qualification for smart alien sci-fi. <laughs> like right. they have to be different than yeah. us. Yeah. And I don't even know that that's I mean like we haven't met any. I don't know if that's true. Right. But um, it, it's like we need to think of something that's different than us to get out of this. Mm-hmm. Like anth- anthropocentric, right? Yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, I think I like Annihilation maybe a little more than you do. Sounds like, but you I, do. but I agree that it's trying to mix these different genre elements, and I don't know if it's. I mean, it, it is enjoyable. Like, it definitely goes into moments where we're gonna do like horror action, and then in the end, it's trying to do like smart sci-fi too. Um, and he leans into those moments pretty strongly. Yeah. Although I can't say that I wasn't like very tense during the bear scene, yeah, um, I which mean, was really I well guess, done. So and it's creepy. not. Yeah, it's not. Um, it's not that I don't uh, like all those elements. Mm-hmm. I mean, because when we talked about, um, you know, like my love of uh, Indian epic poetry and yeah. like including all the different like. Uh, Modes uh-huh. like comedy and horror and yeah. eroticism, all these things. Like I, I like having a, a good film has sort of or can have all of those things mm-hmm. in it. So I, I mean, it's like, I think the bear is fine. I think the, yeah. the crocodile is fine. I think it's all fine. It's just like we have at at the end this visually complex mystery. Mm-hmm. We ha- we don't even know what happens, which we don't need to, but we don't know what it means. Yeah. Like I mean, are yeah. we? Sp- I mean, like. The psychologist gives herself to this thing and willingly mm-hmm. kills herself. Yeah. Who? I mean, okay, so I mean, she was dying anyway. Yeah. You know, like, what is her real purpose? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, and, and from your point of view, if if they are all on some kind of like self annihilation journey, this mm-hmm. is just hers. Yeah. But I feel if you're gonna like give me like ten minutes of swirling black spheres, <laughs> I, I I at least have to draw something out of it other mm-hmm. than this is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope that, like we were talking about, more viewings pay off yeah. to get some meaning. And I do find parallels with, um, you mentioned David Lynch in the in Twin Peaks when they go into sort of the red room and you're suddenly like, maybe I don't understand this anymore, you know? Like, yeah. this is just weird. There's yeah. some weird things happening. And you do kind of have that same sense at the end of this. Um, and hopefully, I mean, I, I have heard enough of sort of a interview with him that he said they did try to have intentionality but behind anything weird that they did garland yeah um so hopefully that does sort of pay off uh in the end and i do like and i'm trying to remember exactly the line but um we also saw this with our other uh 
filmmaker in the trio, Mikey. Yeah. And uh, he made a good comment after we saw it. And I think Natalie Portman in the interview portion says something about, like, they ask her if, like, um, you know, that it has this malicious intent or something. And she yeah. says something about, like, no, it's just changing things or something. Yeah. There's just something new. Um, and, and he kind of brought that up again. And I think that was a great sort of way to approach what was happening um, and try to understand things. And maybe one of the last comments uh, a little more lightly, but I appreciate like the thoughtfulness of this film. We've been talking about yeah. smart films and it does have some like strong sort of entertaining genre moments, but there's just like some care going into it. Like we do get the sort of moody electronic music and droning yeah, yeah. but we also get these like sort of folksy songs um i don't know if you noticed that like a few times when they're yeah. in the shimmer which i thought was like unsure of when the music sort of started but i kind of like that it it brought this different yeah i mean it like, has a to it. Yeah. i mean it has a an overall like a very contemplative feel mm-hmm. and even like when the, the psychologist is changing mm-hmm. it's more like you know, Philip Glass, Cleona yeah. Scotsy, like, right. let's just look at this visual phenomenon mm-hmm. and think about it, yeah. which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess, uh, and this may be some sort of difference between us and our modern and postmodern, in that, like, I one thing I like about Stalker is, like, all of the things, everything in it yeah. has, has some kind of, I think, religiously symbolic meaning Mm -hmm. one of the things that i like the most is the way the stalker guides them he's like he Mm -hmm. can't he can't tell them where to go and he can't lead them he can only show them the way Mm -hmm. right which i think is this i mean it's this concept from i mean it exists in many different religions around Mm -hmm. the world but it's it's like a a very um like i use that as i use a a metaphor for years when i was explaining (laughs) to people it's like i can't i can't go there myself i can't tell you where to go but mm-hmm. I can show you the way. Right. You know, and I can use something else to indicate which way to go. But ultimately, you have to go. Mm-hmm. I can't. Which is also often where sort of like religious um, intention goes wrong. Yeah. Is when you say like, you have to do this. Well, and that's yeah, why he yeah. needs the right people. Yeah. Because only the right people, I think, will choose the path and not yeah, die. Yeah, or are ready to, yeah. Yeah, or, 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 to yeah, or they're ready that, to yeah. you sort of Receive be, that participate sort of, yeah. in this sort of discussion or the guidance. Um yeah, I, I I often want more. Like what I like about um, Arrival is that uh, the everything we get mm-hmm. reveals a story to us. Again, mm-hmm. some of the stuff with the time travel and the circular, circularity of language, yeah. I do not like, and I, <laughs> and I do not like it in the film. But up until that point, um, everything we reveal, everything that we sort of learn, whether mm-hmm. it's a, about the kid talking or the mom, you know, mm-hmm. it, 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 it fills in a story mm-hmm. that when we get the whole of it yeah. has a lot of uh, meaning, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, uh, Annihilation has a lot more bits yeah, and there's a lot more things that like, I don't know what's happening. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like, uh, and, and I mean, I know it's old fashioned of me, <laughs> but I want to. Yeah. And even if like there, there's a part of the story, which is this, thing that is not human that i that we we can't understand mm-hmm. um i'm fine with that but there's there's part of it inside of that of like things that the film does yeah i'm like i don't know why we i don't know why no, we do that what am that. i why yeah. am i you know and, why and did we, make that choice yeah right and that's you know uh and 
I often don't use that as like a huge area of criticism, mm-hmm. but it's something that like as a viewer, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, yeah. like we got crystal trees. Mm-hmm. I, I, for a friend <laughs> of mine who's read the whole series, they yeah. say that it has to do with some something that happens later in the book. Okay. You know, I'm like, it's visually interesting, yeah. but it seems super significant, but I have no idea why. Because yeah, yeah. we, we see it mm-hmm. and we see it destroyed. Mm-hmm. What is it? Yeah. You know, is it just another embodiment of how things are different? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I wouldn't... And, and if there's a point, like, if the mm-hmm. point is, um, you know, what is the difference between change and annihilation? Yeah. Right? What is, like, what are the bounds of what we consider ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know, these are these are questions that you love to contemplate right, right. when it comes yep. to, you know, like, meaning and sci-fi and... Artificial intelligence yeah. and, yeah. You know, like, and what, you know, like, mm-hmm. what, how do we... How do we expand our definition of like c- consciousness, existence, being? All that yeah. stuff is cool. Um, I just feel like a lot of it is pretty sparse mm-hmm. in annihilation. Yeah. Um, and I and it's you know I mean I, I don't necessarily want to be spoon fed stuff. You know, say like sure. in um, it's funny to call it spoon feeding, but like in Ghost in the Shell, where like. It's like let's have two people discourse on the nature of being while staring over. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I mean I like that stuff. Right. Um, yeah, this is a little more. Yeah, yeah, but I also feel like some of it is missing though, hmm. right? If if, if 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 and even if you guide me along one path and there are other paths there, mm-hmm. I'd like to someone to to intelligently talk about. Or intelligently have a discussion about the woman who turns into a tree, yeah. As opposed to what we hear, which is like she's no longer here, right? You know, and yeah. like, and you know, we as the viewer are are, are able to think about it and contemplate mm-hmm. it. Um, but I, I somehow I, I often want it to be more a part of what our characters are doing too, yeah. Because I, as much as like the cinema, the world of the movie is my world, mm-hmm. it has different rules, and I want people to talk about the ideas of the film in the film itself, in yeah. in the Die Jesus mm-hmm. a little bit because I can I can emote through them right. or be an emotional track on the rails that they establish, but I just wanted more. Yeah, um, I understand that. And and it's I mean like I that said in like the grand scheme of things that pass across my eyes in my life, mm-hmm. it's nice to see something as novel mm-hmm. um, as Annihilation. Yeah, um, and I think we haven't mentioned the element of them being all females. Yeah, and they. They sort of mention why, why that is without sort of, like, hitting real hard with it. And I do like that they just say, like, this is what's going to happen, and they don't really address it very much. Um, I mean, we do understand that all the other people that have gone in are men, um, and so they are in some ways trying something different. Like, yeah. let's throw this at it and see what happens. Um, but I think it, it was cool to see leading like women be all the leads yeah. basically in it um and i was gonna say that i've really uh come to appreciate natalie portman more i think i sort of appreciated her career early on and kind of didn't know if she was gonna continue to be interesting but uh with i watched jackie recently which i think she re- did really great work in mm. um it was a little bit different role for her and i mentioned planetarium in our year wrap up yeah um she's great in that i thought she was really interesting in this film too um and tessa thompson's doing great work was in i've not seen it yet but heard she's great in thor um yeah was in westworld and she was in the dear white people movie Mm. as the lead in that um 
So, uh, and she's different in all of those films, like totally yeah. different. Um, so it's cool to see people getting those opportunities too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, I mean, I guess the part of the one of the last things I'll say. Mm-hmm. I mean, you mentioned it earlier, which is the two thousand one parallel. Yeah. I mean, I I, I like two thousand one. I think yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to. Or, I mean, <laughs> yes, you have to if you yeah. film. And there are definitely some parts of it that it's I a like. Boring. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember watching it for the first time, and I'm like, what are the what are the fucking monkeys? What are these <laughs> monkeys about? Yeah. Am I watching the right film? Is this right. the right DVD? <laughs> um, and then yeah. you know, eventually, like it, we get there. Yeah. And I was like, I don't because I, I think I saw a part of it one time before mm-hmm. in somebody's house, and yeah. it was mo- mostly the part with Hal, mm-hmm. which is like part of what I associate most intensely with right. 2001. Yeah, I think so. But yeah. I didn't know, I forgot about the monkeys, or I didn't see it anyway. Yeah. Apes, sorry, gorillas. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there is the, is the part at the end, which, you know, essentially becomes a cliche of like when, when you go into the the end and he's himself and then he's the like older the person baby and the baby and yeah, stuff, star, yeah star baby yeah, yeah. um you know it's it, it's crazy mm-hmm. um uh but one thing i i have always liked about it is um it's sort of singular mm. uh, in, in terms of media like you mm. there really is not another it, it, thing like it that. is the 2001 yeah. moment right and i think that there are um, other films, many other films, and television mm-hmm. shows that have tried to pull off that level of strangeness. Because mm-hmm. um, it has, I mean, you have the sense that he's growing old very quickly. I mean, like, right. it has, there's a narrative there. Right. It's just a very strange one. Mm-hmm. Um, most other times when it's attempted, it, you like, it's some manner of jumping the shark. Yeah. Like you, you push too far beyond what's expected. It's too crazy. It doesn't have enough internal consistency mm-hmm. and it's just a mess. Right. So very few people can pull that off. I mean, it's weird, mm-hmm. but I mean, you ha- you have a sense of what he's getting at. Right. Um, and it's also weird in a very, I'm not going to say very normal film, but, <laughs> um, but there, there's like, um, it's a normal world. Mm-hmm. I don't entirely understand all the monkeys and stuff. Yeah. Uh, cave people, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and some of the stuff with Hal, I don't... In, like, it's cool. I don't know right. why Hal's bad. Yeah. Um, but that's my thing about all robots, because I'm an Asimovian. I think they would be good and noble. Right. Um, and I mean, and the, like, the, the visual experience and the sound of when they go to the obelisk is haunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing is as weird as the ending. True. Yeah. Um, and so I, I've always appreciated it for that. And the, mm-hmm. like, the, they were able to pull that off. Because yeah. especially if you look at other uh, weird films at the time, none of them are in this kind of genre or of this quality. They're like super yeah. horror films or they're crazy sci-fi. Um, so, I, I mean, it, uh, when Annihilation does that, when we go off the end into mm-hmm. woohoo, crazy stuff, yeah. um, we... It, they pull it off hmm. um, and they also like they've they've established that the place we are going is very weird yeah true um, like where they're getting to right and we see some weird shit already mm-hmm. and they still manage to be even weirder right which I like regardless of what I would say about what it what it means in the mm-hmm. story mm-hmm. they succeed at that yeah like weird, you yeah. go to fucking weird town <laughs> and in weird town there's the crazy man yeah there's um, a lot of weird going who's on, even yeah. weirder um but it's also not um i don't know there, there's some i think there is some masterful element to it mm-hmm. um in that it, it, it it's in it's novel mm-hmm. you know it's not cliche and they don't 
um, like every almost every moment of that liquid transformation mm-hmm. is not like something I've seen before. No. Not like a no. TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. And that just took a lot of just creativity, just new stuff. Yeah. I um, mean, the closest thing I could compare it to is um, if you've seen The Fountain. Yeah. Which some of those effects sort of in space or internal space or whatever yeah. you want to think it is um, had a sort of similar sort of biological realistic effects to them yeah um and but still not the same but no had, and, and had i think that in, in the fountain and i maybe i think i'm right about this that a lot of those internal external space things were mm. actually like images of yeast yeah um, like microscopic yeah and so it's cool but even idea. that that's like documentary in nature right um whereas i think uh the impression i got from annihilation was that it was they made that up yeah um, right true yeah and so again even if i i see it and I wonder, what exactly am I watching and why exactly do I care about it? Mm-hmm. Um, it still uh, has the experiential effect. Yeah. Um, very much like 2001. Right. Where, like, I'm, I'm encountering something that is beautiful mm-hmm. um, and awe-inspiring yeah. and, I, I, and completely <laughs> incomprehensible. Right. Um, and, and even and, – but I'm, but I'm not in any way – turned off by it or mm. it, it, I'm not I'm not scared by it yeah um, and that I think in some sense encapsulates a lot of what I think the film is going for that it mm. maybe is clumsy at doing in mm. terms of what people say and what they do and how the story is told right. and the narrative yeah. um, and that I mean you know I, and that's one of the things you look at and I'm like I probably would not have been able to do that yeah and like many other hundreds of filmmakers would have made different choices mm-hmm. about how they handle that ending yeah trying to make it like other things and this is sometimes when i go this is a tiny tangent but like when i was studying dance when i was in college yeah. you know um understanding the difference between modern dance which has narrative elements to it and postmodern dance which mm-hmm. does not essentially treats that human body as if it's like a like a five-limbed object yeah and flipping around um, and, and you can see this in modern and postmodern art all around the world. Mm-hmm. And I was always sort of, um, you know, because in some sense, you know, like the, like the, you know, the conservative folks from where I come from in Pennsylvania are like, how can you tell the difference between, you know, like essentially like good art and bad art? Right, like, what's yeah. good and bad postmodern right. dance look like? How do you tell the difference? Yeah. Um, uh, and there is a difference, and mm-hmm. I think. Uh, some of it is in if we consider sort of this moment at the end of Annihilation as some element of like postmodern art. Yeah. Um, it, it 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 seems to convey very little narrative meaning. Mm-hmm. Uh, it you know like it, it's a thing a woman yeah. is transforming into something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just it's like how it makes you feel. Yeah. Um, and the experience that the the viewer has or the person has that there and it's a pretty remarkable feeling. Yeah. Um, it's not one that I remember having in any other film except maybe. Um, 2001 because mm. if if I just can rag on something I hate even yeah. more uh, when I watched Interstellar um, <laughs> uh, they try to do it I mean like they, try, they, yeah. they try to again have this this mind-blowing mm-hmm. mind-bending moment mm-hmm. and it's horrible <laughs> and, and 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 I think it's in some sense because they try to tell us what it means it does try to tell you a little uh, too, too much they're talking about four-dimensional beings and mm-hmm. and I'm like you I yeah. You know, I mean, and just because I want to mention it, like Stephen Hawking passed away. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you guys are not, you guys are not Stephen Hawking. Like, yeah. you do not have the scientific chops to make this cool. You just look like lame filmmakers. Yeah. 
Apparently, um, they consulted with Neil deGrasse Tyson, but maybe well, I mean, I, maybe Hawking, I'm just so. embarrassing myself, but um, <laughs> I didn't. Uh, and I mean, I get the concept. Yeah, I just don't care, and I think it's poorly <laughs> done. Um, and 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 again, like it shattered. I mean, I could go on about Interstellar, but um, they're not. They were not able to pull off, in my mind. Mm. Um, what they do in two thousand, they don't. Yeah, and again, what they true. do, and what they do in Annihilation, which I think is, is you know, I'm giving them that. I think, um, you know, the the experience, and, and it's also the setup. I mean, because mm-hmm. one of the things that I I think, if I'm looking in just in terms of like how a movie made me feel about watching the things on the screen mm-hmm. and listening to stuff, there's a lot of stuff that happens in two thousand one. There's four yeah. movies in there, mm-hmm. and by the end, you're all, you're like you're like oh how much I mean it's yeah. great, but yeah. how much longer is this going to go on? And then you're like, oh, this is real weird. It's yeah. got to be crescendoing soon, and it does. Mm-hmm. Um, with Annihilation, um, the the setup is a little better. Yeah. I mean, it's like, you're going to see some weird shit. Mm-hmm. It's one of the weirdest places yeah, you've ever seen. There's weird things that happen. There's some that, yeah. weird shit that happens along the way. Yeah. And I think that um, there's a lot of use of recording devices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't know, um, I, mean, I haven't finished the book, but in the uh-huh. book, they don't use digital photo digital devices mm-hmm. they only use traditional photography yeah and there's some reason mm-hmm. maybe I mean if someone who's read the books they're like yeah. oh my gosh I know what the reason is um, <coughs> but it was interesting I mean just as like um, as a lover of noir mm-hmm. um, I, I like that we you know there's like several crime scenes essentially yeah. that we encounter mm-hmm. through the video and I think that they the, 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 the way that they're sort of paced throughout um Really, sort of sets us up so that when we get to the end, we're we're prompted to go way beyond normal expectations and not shut down. Because mm-hmm. I mean, like when you get the moment with when the guys like guts are moving, yeah, um, that's real weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they, they just creepy, kind of they yeah. keep building you up mm-hmm. in a way that I think to to that. you know, like in and I think that that's something probably that the filmmakers do. That you don't get, and like, and, and uh, Annihilation, am I reading so far? It feels like traditional sci-fi. Mm-hmm. The, the characters' personal relationships are fairly traditional and yeah. un, and, and straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, and again, I mean, I was telling Eli before. I mean, there will be like three pages description of like all the different <laughs> flora and fauna, yeah. and like two sentences about like the husband and wife getting together and breaking up. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, even though like if you look at a I mean, like a classic short story like *The Sound of Thunder*. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know that one? Yeah. Yeah. So, which from which we get the butterfly effect and a whole mm-hmm. lot of other things. I mean, there's a, there's just a beautiful pacing in the way that story goes to the to the climax. Yeah. Not all sci-fi has that. True. Um, particularly yeah. like, um, yeah, I mean, some some of the other Robert Heinlein stuff too. It's like, oh, it's over, or like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the cli-, you know, like you don't know yeah. the pacing is odd. Um, so I think that the, the, the structure and pacing of the movie, I, I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, the way we're like, big thing, we're in there, we're going to think about it, we're going to yeah. contemplate it for a little bit. Things are going to get pretty serious, and we're going to show you something mm-hmm. real weird. Yeah, I mean, a few comments about that, a few extra textual uh, little details. Um, one is that, uh, from what I've heard, I have not read the Annihilation book, but that Jeff Vandermeer included some of his actual, like, dreams in the uh, book, um, as pieces of some of the weird moments. Yeah. And, uh, that does kind of make me think about, like, 
We don't know what the end of the film Annihilation exactly means, what's happening in that lighthouse. Um, and, and in the same sense, like, if he's including his real dreams, then they, each of those details are not directly tied into the narrative. Right. I think it's, like, an interpretive sort of way of telling the narrative, you know? Um, and, and I sort of like that sense if, you know, what surrounds it is good. Yeah. I think that leaves, like, a space for people to kind of explore their own yeah. meaning, whether it's, you know, in the film we talked about depression, and I've heard some people talk about really latch on to the cancer aspect of yeah. it. Um, and and that it does certainly open with that when she's in her classroom yeah. and things like that. And then just the other sort of production element, apparently, we'll talk about it more in our next episode talking about Netflix but uh, I guess the studio um, that made it really wanted him to like go back and make this a little more mainstream yeah like you gotta pull back on the weird and make a little more sense and um, apparently one of the producers had like final cut rights and he supported the director because the director was like no I don't want to change this and uh, eventually that led to um, it sounds like the studio probably being like, nobody's going to go see this movie after they know what it is, except for, you know, crazy people like us. And uh, so they're like, let's sell the rights to Netflix outside of the U.S. Because um, we'll, they basically made their production cost back yeah. from Netflix um, for producing the film. So, and, and it was true. It, this film has not done well in theaters. Um, even though I mean, who can next to well. Black Panther? Right. True. True. Uh but yeah, I think those are interesting things. And I like what you're saying about like intentional structure because I think Stalker could be sort of called like slow cinema in some ways. But in in the opening, we do sort of have like this chase sort of to get into yeah. the zone. But then yeah. when we get in the zone, yeah, I mean, we get this very intentional like... Run and then... for We're going to be on these train tracks and we're going to look at the back of some guy's heads for like 10 minutes and I think it's teaching you like three words yeah we're going to we're teaching you to slow down and think in a different way and very intentionally um so that you can contemplate things and I think that does at least for Stalker those types of pace films yeah and if you think you're in good hands you do start to look at like okay not much is actually happening in traditional sense but I feel like Oh, that guy just touched a rock. What does that mean? You, know, like, right, yes. you start to like look for all these details that you wouldn't normally look for, and and I agree. Annihilation's at a not quite that pace, but it is building yeah. your expectations of what's weird and who these characters are and things like that, and how we're gonna experience yeah. this world. Because yeah. I think, I mean, just to finally contrast the book as I've read so far with the mm-hmm. movie. I mean, the book starts off, you know, when they enter Area X, and it's weird from the beginning. Yeah. Um, in a way that, and and I actually like the. I mean, like I like the structure of Stalker where we're in the real world. We we find mm-hmm. we're searching for the guide and right. And we don't necessarily know why they want to go, but we know they want to go, mm-hmm. and we find out later. Um, you know, I like getting rather getting, sorry, getting ready, preparing. I like right. all that stuff. Um, and so Annihilation, the book, we're just in there, and we yeah. actually figure out what's going on in other places. Mm-hmm. But you're like face to face with conscious. the weird. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, I like the ease in hmm. or, uh, the journey of yeah. the, bo- the movie because we get to see get to see it, mm-hmm. um, you know, or get a sense of what's going on. Yeah. And one of the things that I, you know, I found interesting too is like, how does nobody know about this? Right. But, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, not in a way that I question the story. They try to explain it. In yeah. a way that it, it just makes it seem even more fantastical. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, something that I, I always sort of love 
whether it's like you know the principle like of the lost world is like that there is some part of our world that isn't explored yeah um because mm-hmm. that's sometimes it just seems like we know all of it and it's all pretty mediocre yeah right yeah cool i think we've exhausted annihilation yeah nice we'll finish on that uh thanks for listening mm-hmm.